You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, we're talking with Chris Cully. He's the Director of Operations at New Covenant Missions. Chris, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah. Can you tell tell us a little bit about the ministry? Um, why do you guys exist? Why does New Covenant Missions exist and what do you guys do? Yeah. So our primary reason for existing is to make sure that we can reach as many people with the gospel um, so that they at least have the opportunity to know who Jesus is um, and what he did for us. And there's just so many people within Africa where we work that they die before they ever know or ever hear the gospel. And it's just a sad um, realization that this is happening. And so we want to prevent that. We want to reach as many people as we possibly can in order to share that gospel and do that through indigenous church planting. Awesome. And so are you You guys are working with local missionaries, local indigenous people to reach their own regions and populations and people groups and languages? Yeah. So kind of a little bit of the way that it works is for we have three regions, the Sahel, the Sub-Sahara, and the Horn of Africa, and each region has a regional director. And so they're from that region. Um, so they know, you know, from that region, um, the cultures that they're dealing with, the countries that they're dealing with. And then for every country we're in, which we're in 25 nations, every country has a national coordinator who is from that country. Um, or they're, you know, maybe the country next to it, but they know that culture from that country. They've lived in that country for, you know, a significant amount of time. Um, and then our church planners are from the areas um, that we're working in. Now, sometimes, depending on, you know, the people group that we're working with, um, they may be just outside that people group, but we really ultimately want our church planners to be as close as possible um, to the people that they're working with. Hmm. And as you guys have, how long has the ministry been, been around? So we started in 2001 in Ethiopia. Okay. And so we're, you know, it's 20, it's been about 21, 22 years. Um, I think in August, they'll make 22 years that we've been doing ministry. And it really, it was Ethiopia to start, um, and then about 2015, really started going to Kenya and then Ghana. And then from there, we've ended up within the last few years in about 25 nations. Okay. And as you guys have grown the ministry, what are some of the unique challenges and struggles you guys have experienced uh, over the years planting churches in, in some of these really hard-to-reach places, right? Absolutely, yeah. And you know, every country poses its own issue. You know, if you ever look at the news, if you look at Africa, I mean, 
from tribal wars to terrorism to natural disasters. It, it, I mean, it's crazy. You'll have a complete drought that's been going on forever in the Horn of Africa. And right next to it, you'll have flooding like that mm -hmm. happened in Chad, you know, a year or two ago. And it's like crazy, you know, that these natural disasters are happening. Um, the persecution is huge um, through this. And, you know, these people are church planners. They risk their lives, especially in some areas that they're highly Muslim areas. Um, and like I said, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, terrorism, Al-Shabaab, um, Al-Qaeda, things like that, that you just don't know who's who. And our church planners, you know, they they understand the Great Commission. They understand that they are to go and to disciple and to teach. And God is honoring that. Um, I mean, there's so many stories um, that I hear of, you know, whether, like, example, a church planner's wife was poisoned by a Muslim woman. Um, she survived. Um, and what's crazy is after they the police had caught the woman who poisoned her and they gave a fine and she has to pay all the hospital bills the church planner and the wife who was poisoned their main concern was that she knew christ mm. it wasn't about necessarily the repercussions or you know the payment back to them but they want to make sure that everyone comes to know christ and through that um whatever's happening through that man that's incredible that's a cool story um can you can you share maybe a little bit about your strategy for planting churches from from like a high thirty thousand foot view perspective like what does that look like in practice for you guys yeah so a big overview because you know naturally as you get lower everything changes right but the big strategy um, is really we, through our national coordinators and through our regional directors, is, you know, finding church planners um, who have a desire to share the gospel and to reach out to, the, to their communities, their areas. You know, where we work is really the far out reaches. Um, where there are no churches planted mm -hmm. there are many places no christians and so they know the risks up front but we want people that are willing to take the gospel wherever they go and to reach out and share that with them okay and are you guys using it following any CPM or church planting movement models or T4T or DMM or any of those structures within, within what you do? So, yeah, I mean, we really incorporate um, some of those measures. Um, you know, we start with the great commission, you know, Jesus examples. We go into Paul's example, you know, Paul went into wherever Corinth or wherever it was and he found you know, people of peace such as Timothy and invested in their lives to grow up and to disciple and to teach them. And then Paul moved on and it's kind of our church planners. Um, so when you look for it, T for T and things like that, we incorporate those um, 
parts into it and then we bring it to what the culture is going to allow us to do mm. um you know working in different areas is going to call for different ways of actually right. doing it okay so depending on the context in which you're working that will determine some of the model and strategy that you guys employ absolutely yeah yeah if we're to give example you know if you're in the sahel you know you're in some of these areas that you know the gospel's illegal um you know you, you're going to have to do things a little differently um than somewhere else where the people are more receptive or open to you allowing to share um so discipleship may look look different but the real concept of it is really the same okay yeah so maybe dive into that a little bit more in some of those places that are where the gospel is illegal what is what is new covenant missions doing to to reach into those places where they might not be allowed yeah yeah so um certain areas you know we look at you know as a church planner moves in um they're moving into community um and they have to have a reason for being there and it can't be hey i'm here to share the gospel um because that's right. not going to get them very far. So, you know, we've worked um, with some different avenues, worked with collaborating with some different organizations that maybe teach, like, say, how to build their own business. Um, so we've had, you know, different ways that they can get into the community because, you know, really, ultimately, no matter where you're at in these hard areas, or as we might call them easier areas, they're still difficult, but it's building relationships. And the only way you can do that is by finding a way to actually build a relationship with them. And so right. some of these harder areas might be starting a business where, hey, they're providing an actual need to the community, which draws them in, which then they get to share their life um, mm -hmm. with these people. And as they're sharing their life with these people, they come to realize, wait a second, you believe something different than we believe. Why? What is that? And it allows them to open up and to share that gospel of who Jesus was and is and what he did for them. And so we're kind of seeing, you know, great movements through things like that. Yeah, that's cool. You mentioned the idea of partnership with other organizations. I I love that idea of partnership, working with other organizations and ministries that are may already have a presence in a location or may have a strategy that works within a specific context that's similar to one you're trying to reach into. Can you sh share some examples of like successful partnership that you guys have engaged with, with other ministries or organizations or national partners or whatever? Yeah, um, absolutely. We, uh, we have worked with uh, World Missionary Press is one, um, and they help provide literature. Um, so they will ship. Uh, they have all kinds, whether you know it's gospel tracts or you know whatever the material, New Testament Bibles, things like that. They'll actually ship it um, to the nations that we work in, and then you know we get to use that. Um, to kind of help in the ministry um we've seen you know some very 
awesome things happen through that as people read it, you know, a gospel story. I've got pictures and, you know, testimonies of, you know, people read and they're like, oh, wow, this is true. And it's like, yes, this is true. And so they see that. Um, some other things like Activate Global, you know, they help us with business plans um, to provide businesses. So, you know, they're working with, you know, our national coordinators and our church planners to say, hey, here's a real, a real business plan that could be successful. Um, and so they'll help them along the ways where, you know, something like New Covenant Missions, you know, that's just not, not what I, I can't teach them how to do a business, but Activate Global can. And so it's just amazing to see that. Um, and another big area is discipleship. Um, and so Big Life has come in and done trainings with our church planners, with our national coordinators. How can we disciple better? Um, how can we take the church planning movement and not just make it a church planning movement, but make it a disciple ship planning movement as well so that we can reach more people um so that's what collaboration is just it's amazing um what god does through all these organizations to bring them together to just reach more people um for him yeah that's cool i love that you guys are doing that that's <clears throat> what we found is relatively rare within the ministry space this idea that we could come together and and use our specific set skill sets and, and experience and knowledge in collaboration and partnership with another ministry that might be specifically niched or, or experienced in a completely different way to come together and work together for the sake of the gospel. Cause at the end of the day, we're all in the same mission together. Absolutely. And so um, love that you guys are doing that. That's awesome. Um. You mentioned discipleship, not just like church planting movements, but disciple making. What does that look like within the new covenant mission strategy? Yeah. So we always want our church planners to be discipling, um, you know, whether it's local church pastors um, or groups. But, you know, when you look at the Great Commission, it says go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. Why are you doing that? So that they can take the gospel to the people in the village and beyond. And so we don't want, we're not looking for this to just be a new covenant mission movement. We're looking for this to be a God movement throughout. And so when we look at disciples, you know, you've got to be discipling in order to do that. Otherwise, the church is not going to be healthy. The church within a few years, is probably not going to be existent. Um, they're going to follow, you know, I mean, Paul ran into that problem in the New Testament, you know, of he leaves and then all of a sudden, wait a second, you're believing this, you're doing this. Mm -hmm. So we need to constantly be, be discipling and how can we always do that better and how can we keep in contact? So with our church planners, it's not just planting that church but it's really investing in that church so that they go out and they're discipling. They're starting churches who are discipling and they're starting churches and they're going. And, you know, that's really the goal of it all. Okay. 
So is New Covenant Missions financially supporting all these church plants, or are they is the idea that they would be set up and established to be self-sustaining, uh, separate and apart from the the umbrella New Covenant Missions organization that that may have planted that church? Yeah. So we want them to be um, self-supporting indigenous churches. So we support you know our church planners who are going out. So we give some support to them, but as they are creating churches um, or establishing churches, we're not financially supporting them. We want that community to support them um, as they grow. Um, you know, and as we look, I, I guess you kind of have to define what was a church look like because everybody has a different view of what right. a church looks like, and we we classify under two, a house church and official church. And a house church is, you know, anywhere from six and above um, people that meet on a weekly basis. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be from a trained pastor yet, but it is from a pastor who is being discipled by one of our church planners or, um, you know, some areas that we work within have great denominations that they can invest in as well um, to do that so you know we're not just working alone through that but you know as they're investing and so the community is really providing for that church um, and so we're not taking the financial really because we don't want at any point um, you know we don't want at any point for there to be hey, New Covenant Missions doesn't have the support. So this church totally stops because they're like, well, you know, can't pay a pastor, can't do this. Well, we're just not going to do it anymore. We don't mm -hmm. want that. Um, we want them to be self-sustained. And in many of these areas, you know, that's why, you know, a house church is, you know, six people or more. You know, they're small. They may meet under a tree. They may not have a building um anything like that but they're meeting and they're gathering because they want to gather mm -hmm. um in these places and so that's a house church and then an official church um really can be from you know anywhere six and above as well but they have a designated area they have a designated pastor who has been trained um through that and they are discipling you know each other and so most of our official churches end up with some kind of structure a building but you know we don't some of them never get to that point others do but the whole purpose is is no matter no matter what if it's a house church or official church we want them discipling others we want them to take the gospel um, beyond Okay. That's cool. Well, Chris, this has been really fun so far. I want to make sure that we take a moment to hear from today's sponsor, but when we come back, we'll continue our church planting discussion with Chris Coley. Are you looking to grow your ministry, but don't have the money or marketing knowledge to make that happen? There's good news. Google offers an advertising grant to churches and ministries that is worth $10,000 per month. This means that if your ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit, you are eligible to receive $120,000 per 
per year in free advertising dollars. This allows you to place ads at the top of Google search results pages and drive thousands of visitors to your ministry website every month. Our sponsor, Click Nonprofit, helps your ministry acquire this Google ad grant and then manages your Google ads to ensure you get the most out of the grant. Schedule a free consultation at clicknonprofit.com to learn more about how this grant can help your specific ministry. Mention the Ministry Growth Show when you sign up to get 20% off your first three months of management. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. We've been talking with Chris Coley uh, from New Covenant Missions on fulfilling the Great Commission through church planting. Now, Chris, as we get back into the conversation, um, I've got a bit of a difficult question for you guys. There was a study done about a decade ago that showed 95% of full-time Christian workers are working within the Christian world. Right? That means that 5% of Christian workers globally are working to reach unreached people groups. Uh, obviously, that problem is not as simple to solve as the st- statistic might make it sound. Um, unreached and unreached, unengaged people groups tend to be difficult to reach for a reason, and there's an endless list of variables that can cause that difficulty. But how is New Covenant Missions working towards solving that problem? It sounds like you guys have a specific interest in reaching unreached, unengaged people. Um, and and so you might be able to give some expertise and insights into this discussion that would be helpful for the global body. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, it's definitely, it's one statistic that, you know, we're always reminded of. Um, and, you know, we talk, even with our national coordinators, our church players, you know, it, it's easy to go to the big cities. Um, mm. Living conditions are so much easier in the big cities. They can make more money, you know, going to the big cities. Um, and I don't want to downsize ministry in bigger cities because there's n- no doubt there's a definite need for people to know Christ right. in the bigger cities. But where when you look at a stat, you know, where 95% is in those big cities and only 5% is out. And you look, who's living out in the middle of nowhere? Um, it breaks your heart to know that no one is reaching them. And so New Covenant Missions, you know, we go after the hardest of hard places. So we're going after the unengaged people groups, the unreached people groups. I've had the opportunity um, to go to a couple um, countries on trips and, you know, to see some of where our church planners are working. And you hop into, you know, a big Land Rover and you're driving from the big city and you keep going out and, you know, you're seeing churches and next thing you know, all of a sudden you're seeing more mosques, more mosques. And all of a sudden you're out in the middle of nowhere. And I was just in Sierra Leone at the end of last year, and we got to one point, and the driver drives up, and our church planners are like, yeah, you got to go left here. And I'm sitting in the front seat with the driver, and we look at each other, and we're like, go where? And there's this little tiny path, and the church planners are like, yeah, you, you can drive through there. You could drive through there. You can make it. And you drive down this little bit. And it's like, I mean, brush is like right up against, 
the uh, vehicle and you're like, man, I hope nothing comes at us because I don't know how in the world we can't turn around anything. And you're going and then you reach a certain point and then you can't drive anymore to feel it. And so you get out and you walk, you know, through the jungle or through the grass and you come upon a village. This is where our church planners are working. They're going out. And why do they do that? Because these people need the gospel too. And it's so evident. I was amazed, you know, whether wherever I've been, and I know I could say this across the board, even though I haven't been to everywhere, haven't met all of our church planners. If I was to go with each and every one, it'd be the same thing. When you come up to these villages that they're working in, the people are happy to see them mm. because they're bringing the good news, but they're bringing them more than that. They're bringing them life. Mm. And it's just so evident in their lives. And so, you know, when you talk about the 5%, would I love to see that higher? Absolutely. It Does it need to be higher? Absolutely. But how do we get 100% in city? 100% you know, unchurched right, right. as well, you know, so it is a difficult challenge, but new covenant missions is called. That's where we're called to go um, mm. is to these far out, hard to reach places um, to share the gospel. And so in, in a, in a context like that, where there is no preexisting church presence, church planting in a, in a situation like that is, you mentioned the person of peace, like that's a heavy emphasis or focus in, in that kind of context. We're trying to find somebody who is just willing to have spiritual conversations and, and discussions around Jesus and the Bible. And they might be open to talking about it, but outside of that, like that's, that's the pursuit. That's the strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. So kind of give a little more context of how it works. So when our church planners go into a village you know, every village has its own chief. Um, some areas have a chief over that and you have to get permission. So the first thing they do when they go to the, find these villages of who to work with, first they have to go to the chief and say, hey, this is who we are. This is our purpose here. Can we do this? And the chief could easily say no. And they, you know, they leave. Or the chief says, yeah, you, you can come in um, to the village. And then from there, it's really finding that person of peace who is really open to open their home, to open up, to allow them to share the gospel with. And so we see as it grows. And it's just, it's amazing. The stories I read, even being in Sierra Leone, whenever I was there last time, one of the chiefs came to know Christ. And they're, you know, from a Muslim background, you know, the chief is the highest of this village. He risks everything right, by doing that. And so to see that is just amazing. So you have to get permission. And so even whenever I would go into the village, we would meet kind of in the center. Um, we'd sit down, the chief would be there, the elders of the village. Um, you know, you give the chief a little bit of money. It's um, a gift. Um, it's a custom in Africa that you always give something um, to the chief. It's out of respect. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you get to sit and they ask you, you know, why are you here? Even though they already know it's all formality. So you tell them, you know, why you're there. And then they just open up, you know, and you hear the story so many times I hear, we are so grateful for so-and-so for coming to our village, for sharing, for opening up, you know, one of the other aspects of our ministry is, you know, as we share the gospel, we also want to leave them better off than what they are. So it may include a community development project such as a well, or just even providing some food or, you know, in Africa for school, the, either the village or the parents, they, they have to provide for the school uniform and sometimes they can't. So a child will sit out from school from that, well, hey, how can we step up and do that and show, you know, the love of Christ through that? Um, and so, so many times you just hear these people that their hearts are broken and they're just so grateful that someone would come from so far to the middle of nowhere just to reach them. Mm. Yeah, so uh, so there's an element to what you guys do that's needs based as well, serving serving some type of physical need within a community or a tribe, in order to gain access and build relationship in that place, so that you can. So so there's an element of of finding a balance between word and deed, right? Mm-hmm. Preaching and sharing yeah. the gospel, speaking truth, but also serving the physical need within a community to as a tool for building relationship and showing the love and of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus type, type idea. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, they go hand in hand. When you look at Jesus ministry, you know, the feeding 5,000, well, they were hungry. He didn't want them to go. What did he do? I know, you know, he took, you know, a simple meal and could produce that. So what can he do for these communities with something small, something simple? And, you know, always in our heart, you know, we know what the, our end goal, we, we want them to accept Christ, but if they're dying or they're hungry, they're, you know, ill, whatever it is, it, it's hard to listen to the gospel when your stomach's growling and right. you can't focus on that. So mm-hmm. we, we do want to make sure, Hey, you know, we're here to take um, take this um, to these people. We want not just physical needs, but we want to make sure we're helping with physical needs so that the spiritual needs can be met. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we're going to transition a little bit, but most of our audience knows that we as a ministry and, a, and an agency are are passionate about storytelling. How does story and testimony play a role in New Covenant missions, either in your marketing efforts or your disciple-making models or the culture in which you guys are developing within the organization? What does How does story play a role in all of that? Uh, story is huge. I mean, it's one of the primary. Um, you know, we, we have reporting system. So our church planners send in reports uh, monthly. Um, and, you know, one of the aspects, of course, is always a testimony. Um, 
you know, as we look at stats, you know, me being director of operations, I mean, I always, I love looking at stats. It's amazing to see that, but without a story, you know, every stat has a story behind it, I guess is an easier way to put that. So to give an example, you know, in 2022, we had almost 340,000 people hear the gospel, majority of them for the very first time. That's amazing, right? I mean, 340,000, awesome stat. Does that get your heart pumping? Does that get you going? Maybe not until you realize, wait a second, that's 340,000 stories. Mm-hmm. Every one of those people that heard is their own individual. And they have a story. They have a life. Of that 340,000, we had almost 40,000 come to know Christ. So 40,000 lives changed. They have a testimony now of how Christ changed their life. But if we don't share that, if we don't share those testimonies, we don't share, you know, their life and what God did in them, through them, and what God is doing, mm-hmm. um, even for those who are Christians, what God is doing in order for them to share the gospel, we're losing it. We're a body of Christ, and we have to uplift each other, and we praise the glory of what God is doing. And we get to do that through the testimonies, but we also get to pray during the tough times as well as a body. And so when we get to share those stories and some of them may not be, you know, happy um, stories, some of them may be, well, so-and-so was imprisoned because of their faith, but we get to pray with them and then when God does something miraculous, which we've had, you know, people imprisoned and, you know, prison chiefs have come to that person and, you know, wanted to know more about Christ or, you know, they're like, wait a second, you're different. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You're, you're not like these other inmates. Why is that? And they get to share the gospel. We get to praise in those as well. But if we don't share those stories, we miss out. Um, our supporters miss out, you know, people who read the stories, um, they miss out and, Mm. you know, we're not going to know every story because, you know, we can't, and sometimes we'll have to wait till we get to heaven to hear the rest of the stories, but we've got to be sharing those stories, whether it is through marketing or whether it's through our website or whether it's through conversation that comes about Um, the stories are what make up because it's what God is doing in those lives. And we want to share that. That's cool. So within your guys context and and the places that you're working, there's a lot of hostility to the gospel and I'm sure sharing testimony and, and stories of what God's doing with people who have said yes to Christ, oftentimes maybe outside of a, Muslim background, um, it can be dangerous to tell those stories and potentially put those individuals at risk. So what are you guys doing to tell those stories all while making sure that you're keeping your people secure and safe and not putting their 
true identities out to the world in a world in which we live now where everything's digital and it can be so dangerous, right? Like that's one of the big concerns we run into a lot with organizations is, yeah, we want to testify of what God's doing, but it's just so dangerous that we don't do it at all. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we have to use discretion, um, especially in the areas that it, it, things are illegal. Um, you know, we don't want to put somebody's life at risk um, mm-hmm. for it. So we will change things up. So we'll hear, we'll share stories of some of these dangerous places. We never give out a name um, or a location um, of those. If we add a picture, it's a picture from somewhere else. Um, it's just as a representative picture because we don't want, as you said, you know, it's so easy to go on the internet now. Um, right. No matter what nation you're in, oh, I can look up so and so. Oh, wait a second. Now we can go after them. We don't want that. Um, so we have to be careful in how we do that. Um, and that's, you know, by not releasing information that would be discriminating to that person. Um, mm-hmm. So we try to be as discreet, but share as much as we possibly can. Um, so it may be a, just a snip of what the actual testimony is, but that's, you know, unfortunately at this point in time, that's all we can do um, until things change. Right. Right. Hmm. Well, it's good that it's encouraging to hear that you guys are still sharing story and, and giving testimony, uh, even with those concerns. Cause that, that is something that we run into often with organizations that we speak with is, yeah, we just don't t- tell any stories because it's too dangerous. And so we can't, we can't risk it. And, hmm. and, it's so sad to hear because there's so many ways in which you can tell stories and testify of what God's done in real people's lives without ever sharing information that's going to put them at risk. Um, there's a, there's all kinds of ways. We just wrote a blog post on this and, and shared some of our thoughts and ideas on how we can testify and still protect the safety and security and of, of the individuals that were, whose stories we're telling. So, that's glad to see, and I'm glad to see, and I'm encouraged to hear that you guys are doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, I know it's a difficult line um, for a lot of people, but we've got to find some way that we can cross that over, at least get get, get a little bit out there to share. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last question. So Jesus said the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few, right? And the answer given in the next verses to solve that problem is that we pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Uh, can you share a story or two from your time working with New Covenant Missions when the Lord has answered your prayers to send out workers, especially in these places where, like we've talked about, so much of the Christian world is, and and emphasis in where we're sending people is to places that are already reached with you guys trying to reach these unreached, unengaged places. How have you seen God move and, and be at work? Um, maybe in a couple of stories that would that would bring him glory and, and testify of what he's doing. Yeah. Um, Sierra Leone is one of the stories to start with. Um, working with we're um, working with the bomb people. And I know it had been on our national coordinator's heart to reach a couple other um 
unreached, unengaged people groups. And, uh, you know, and this goes across the board. I mean, I could ask every national coordinator. They're going to be like, yes, I want to reach um, <laughs> these people, these people, these people. Uh, mm -hmm. They talk about it all the time. And, you know, you go to prayer and, you know, we have to have faith that God's going to answer that prayer in his timing, which is very hard sometimes um, because we want to do now, now, now. And God's like, mm. wait a second, I've got the perfect time. Um, and so you're waiting on him. You're, you know, lifting up these prayer requests. And we had the opportunity um, that our national coordinator in Sierra Leone, Patrick, he wanted to reach these people and through you know, just speaking with a church um, provided the funding to um, reach two new people groups in Sierra Leone. And that's one of the reasons why I went um, at the end of last year was to kind of see the ministry, these new church planners. Um, we had four new church planners in the area working with two different um, people groups. And we always send out church planners in pairs um safety reasons uh, you know biblical whatever you want to say um but we always send out two um, right together and uh you know so we got four new church planners because of the answer prayer and the church stepped up and said yeah we want to we want to support so you know here's funding for that um and then i got to see you know within they started in September. I was there at the end of November, December. They already have, I believe it's like four different villages that have churches planted with pastors. Oh, wow. I got to meet the pastors. Uh, these people are wanting to uh, take it to the other villages. That was the number one thing that they kept saying is, hey, you guys brought this to us. We want to go to this village. We're going to go to this village. Oh, cool. We're going to go to this village. You know, I mean, it's, it's just mind blowing, you know, that quick, you know, in a couple months, here's a change. And, you know, one of the villages said, hey, we were 100% Muslim when you first guys first come, came. Now we're 90% Christian in this wow. village. Um, you know, I mean, things like that that happen. Um, another amazing story is what happened in Uganda. Um, we started working with the Minning people. Um, and, you know, when we pray for workers, we never know what to expect, right? Um, we're thinking, oh, well, God will provide more church planners um, on our end to send out and to reach. And so the Minning, when we first started working with the Minning, there was not one known believer among them. And... Now we have over 10% of the population knows Christ, but they have a, um, another people group that's right next to them. And the Minning and the Karamong, they, they've been fighting each other. Um, and I just heard our regional director was there. And one of the Karamong who accepted Christ um, he, or I'm sorry, he was a minning, accepted Christ, but the Karamong had killed his wife and his children during a raid. And he wants to go to the Karamong 
to share the gospel. And so when we pray for church planners, that's not what I was expecting to hear. Right. You know, he's not looking for support from us. He's like, you know, I'm a farmer, I support, but I want to go share the gospel with them because the gospel's changed my life. Uh, so when we look for workers, I, I guess one of the things that I've learned in my short time with New Covenant Missions is the workers aren't always how I'm expecting them to look like. Mm -hmm. um, but it's about the heart. And that's what's amazing through New Covenant Missions and other organizations that are reaching these unengaged, unreached people groups is to see the heart. And as we pray for workers, they're coming in so many different ways that we're just amazed by what God is doing through that mm. and for them to carry the gospel. Um, and so we need to pray for more, you know, that these people get on fire, their hearts are open to share the gospel with those around them. And even through those persecutions, through the natural disasters, through the wars, through the troubles that they face, they stand firm in that faith of God. Mm. And through that, they continue to share the word because it's the only way that we're going to keep reaching the lost. New Covenant Missions can't do it alone. Um, other organizations can't do it alone. It takes mm -hmm. all of us. And it takes a body of Christ to reach out to these people and to continue to go farther um, to reach these people. Mm, that's cool. And that th just that story alone of the impact Christ has had on that man's life to be willing to forgive in that kind of way. Man, that's wild. That's so yeah. encouraging. That's cool. Well, hey, Chris, this has been incredible. Thanks so much for coming on the show and, and sharing what you guys are doing. If people want to get a hold of you and learn more about New Covenant Missions and um, are interested in partnership or investing in you guys or coming alongside you guys in any way, how can they get a hold of you and, and uh, contact you? Yeah, so our website is www.newcovenantmissions.org. Um, my email is chris at newcovenantmissions.org. Um, those are two of the easy ways um, to connect. Um, you know, you kind of see what we're doing um, on the website, or you can email me. Um, love to talk with anyone who um, would love to know more and what we can do together um, to share the gospel. Awesome. We'll make sure to put that stuff in the show notes, minus your email. Uh, people can listen for that. <laughs> and and uh, to wrap things up today, can I pray for you and, and New Covenant Missions? Absolutely. Father, we just thank you so much for uh, this conversation and time to learn about uh, New Covenant Missions and the work that you're doing through Chris and his team. Um, it's cool to hear just one more way in which you are working um, through a team of people who've said yes to you and obedience to walk alongside you in this redemptive story, um, to redeem people to yourself in these unreached and unengaged places. Father, uh, we pray that you would continue to go before this ministry, uh, bless it and guide 
Chris and his team um, give clarity and direction and wisdom on, on how to reach some of these hard-to-reach places with the gospel uh, for the sake of your glory, for the sake of your kingdom, Father. We love you so much and thank you that we get to be a part of this work, that you've chosen uh, to partner with us in this when you could have done it on your own. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show, Chris. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you. It was a great pleasure. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.